For those of you just joining the call, my name is Mike Clough, and I'll be the moderator for today's call. My email address is editor at marketingexperiments.com. The topic of today's conference is essential metrics for online marketers, and we should, be sh we should be starting shortly. You should have received an email three hours ago with the call instructions and information on the notes. If you don't have the information on the notes, you can send me an email at editor at marketingexperiments.com, or you can point your browser to www.marketingexperimentsblog.com. We will ask you to refresh this page throughout the call as we add information. Star 4 will increase the volume on your headset if you're having trouble hearing. We'll stay in lecture mode for today's call. If you have any questions during the call, you can email them to us at questions at marketingexperiments.com, and we will try to answer them on the call. All right. I believe we're going to get started. Um, this is Flint McLaughlin. The topic today is essential metrics for online marketers. It's a subject that I think is sorely needed. Probably in a few moments I'll have, uh, Michael, I'll probably have you give those directions one more time for anyone else that might join us a few moments late. But we are going to get right into the topic today. We have quite a bit of material to cover. You should also be preparing for the latter part of this call by downloading a uh, dashboard tool built in Excel spreadsheet. You'll notice at the top of your clinic notes, which are at marketingexperimentsblog.com, you'll see a metrics dashboard tool here. Click the link, download the tool, and get ready for a later portion of this call. The last few minutes of this call may be the most important minutes, actually, as we teach you how to use this tool to cut through the clutter in your existing metrics program. I think many marketers feel overwhelmed by the volume of data generated by all the reporting programs they have in place at different levels of their marketing process. I can tell you that I have watched companies, I guess in two or three different predicaments. In one predicament, they don't have good metrics. They know they need to have good metrics. They're planning on making an investment to cure the problem, and they're limping along, guessing and hoping that their projections are correct in the meantime. In addition, I think I have seen companies who have literally spent either hundreds of thousands of dollars or, in a few cases, more than a million dollars getting proper metrics set up, and they actually have metrics warehouses or data warehouses where they warehouse all of the information. And yet, when I go to talk with a leader in charge of a project to plan an experiment, I'm often shocked to discover that the leader himself cannot interpret the data and despite the huge investment is unable to get the key metrics necessary to even structure a proper test. I don't think I'm surprised anymore. I've seen it so many times it just chagrins me. Now the internet is new and we're all learning and growing up and I don't want to make people feel guilty who don't have good metrics. I just want to help you. And I think what we're going to try to do today is, is come to a solution that will work for you even if your metrics are limited, or if you're in a large company, perhaps, and you've got a major metrics program, you may have major financial investments in some of the big third-party offerings, you still may find that you're not clear on the most important pieces of data. I don't know if you know this or not, and, uh, but my primary training in terms of uh, academics and uh, doctoral research and so on is in philosophy. And... I can't help if you are on these calls very frequently, you'll find me slipping into uh, the philosophical underpinnings in much of what we think about when it comes to marketing and research and testing. And I'm afraid today I'll probably do the same thing. We almost need to get a philosophy of metrics before we can actually figure out which metrics matter. 
Now, I won't get too esoteric, and I have nothing very philosophical in the notes that have been prepared for this call, but there may be a few times when I deviate in order to get underneath these words on my lecture notes and into the principles that are so critical if you're going to get the business to succeed. So in this brief, we're going to cut through the clutter and essentially try to accomplish three things. First of all, we need to help you understand where and how your current metrics could be misleading and how they could result in flawed marketing decisions. And then we need to identify and track the metrics which are essential to reducing your cost and increasing your revenue. And then we need to use a simple, a central metrics dashboard that will enable you to track the metrics that are most important to achieving your goals. We will be saying some things that you'll want to take down on your notes. We'll also be dropping some keynotes into this uh, note page that you're looking at. Uh, but don't uh, panic because we'll also release this recording to you so that you can go back and listen to it again. We intend to put it in a podcast form so you'll be able to throw it onto your iPod or some other uh, audio tool and listen to it at your convenience. And in addition to that, we'll be releasing the full journal brief on this topic along with critical links, etc. in about a week. You're getting advance notice and, uh, and you're getting a chance to interact with your questions. Take advantage of the questioning opportunity. You have probably 10 or 12 researchers from my group on the line right now. And uh, there's too many. I've, you may have noticed in recent clinics I've not been trying to introduce everybody because I increasingly have more researchers online. Some of those we may draw on. Nick Osborne is an expert in copywriting and was very involved in the research for this report. And uh, he's on the line. And our director of optimization, our director of testing should be on the line. And uh, our director or our director of uh, channel should be on the line, Aaron Rosenthal and Jimmy Ellis. And then Bob Kemper, who built this tool that you're going to be, we're going to talk with you about, is, is also on the phone. And Bob uh, did a superb job again. And so fire your questions at us. Uh, send them to the email that uh, Michael Clow has provided, and uh, we will uh, take them and try to answer them throughout the call. And others will post in the blog if we can't get to them. But we'll, we'll try, depending on the volume, to answer as many as we possibly can. With that in mind, Michael, let me give you just one more moment to... Uh, announce uh, the key details uh, for preparing for the rest of the conference in case anyone is logged in uh, after 4 o'clock. Go ahead. All right. Well, my name is Matt Clow, and I'll be the moderator for today's call. Um, you should have gotten an email about three or four hours ago with the call instructions and information on the notes. If you don't have the information, you can send me an email at editor at marketingexperiments.com, or you can point your browser to www.marketingexperimentsblog.com. We will ask you to refresh this page to stop the call as we add information. R4 will increase the volume in your headset if you're having any trouble to hear. Also, we will be staying in lecture mode for today's conference. If you have any questions during the call, you may email them to us at questions at marketingexperiments.com, and we will try to answer them on the call. Okay, Michael. Thank you very much. We're going to get right into our findings. Uh, unlike a lot of our issues, I think we'll probably take the first few paragraphs to lay out some critical um, pitfalls before we actually look at data that illustrates some dangers you need to be aware of. Again, uh, we'll look at these pitfalls first, and then we'll talk about the essential metrics, and then we'll introduce you to a simple Excel dashboard for looking at your metric issues. 
So uh, the first potential problem to be aware of when collecting metrics is, is what we refer to as collection pitfalls. These pitfalls occur when the data collection is unreliable for some reason. Now, if you've been in our advanced certification testing or the professional designation programs, we talk about a validity error called instrumentation uh, effect. And that is an error in your test results due to the instrument you use to conduct the test, which may be a third-party software solution or it might be something on your own servers. But essentially, your problems in metrics come on two sides. The first is the collection of the raw data, and the second is the interpretation of the data into some type of uh, meaningful chart, table, or finding. And you need to be aware of both parts of the equation when it comes down to checking if you have bad metrics. It goes without saying that many, many decisions are made on uh, in the online world every single day uh, based on flawed metrics, and the results uh, often are really quite disappointing, and I wonder how much money is lost every year because of these kinds of mistakes we're going to talk about right now. Number one, with CPM advertising, you will often find the disparity between the click-through figures provided by the advertiser and those you find in your own log files or websites and analytic tool. Now, we did two major reports on this about a year ago, perhaps two years ago, and they were long and comprehensive, and we actually measured sites with multiple metrics program and tracked the disparity, and it was shocking. If you, example, and we talked about this in that report, if you use a Yahoo store, for instance, collecting accurate metrics is never easy. Because the shopping cart does not reside within your site's domain. So if your tracking system uses cookies, it usually breaks or requires you to use third-party cookies. And um, the other difficulty with Yahoo is that you could not pull the product shipping and order amounts from Yahoo shopping carts like you can with other solutions, or at least up into – normally you can. There have been changes in Yahoo recently. But because you cannot implement your own coding on their cart pages to capture the information. If you run, and here's another issue, pay-per-click campaigns, you may see a difference, sometimes significant, between the pay-per-click engine's click-through reporting and your own stats. Why is there such a why is there such a disparity between what they report and what you report in these cases? Well, metrics programs, uh, not server logs, sometimes cookie people and count them when they revisit a page, but but not via a Google ad. And pay-per-click programs sometimes put a time limit on counting visits. In other words, the same computer clicking on the same ad in a matter of a few seconds may appear as one visit, but not two. However, if the user revisits later in the day, Google will count it as a multiple or as multiple users where server logs may not. Now, if you're not sure what a server log really is, and I think a lot of you are, yeah, go to the site, go to the search, click in metrics, and read our first major report on this a couple of years ago. There may be some data information in there, but the, there's a very thorough explanation of how server logs work. And I don't want to use the time on this phone today to, to address that, but if some of the terminology I'm using is not clear for you, you get to that report where it gets into some of the, the essential basics. Also, certain ISPs cause users to have different IPs in a single session, and this causes tracking problems with both pay-per-click and metrics programs. And the impact may be different. Here's some data. Recently, we conducted a brief test that enables us to track visits through both the tools provided by the pay-per-click engines and an affiliate tracking program. The test was brief, and the figures are small, 
But this does serve the test itself to illustrate how different reporting tools can give you results which vary significantly. Here's the example. There should be a new chart dropped into your notes. Is that chart ready, Michael? F5. Yes, it is. And if you look into your notes, you'll see it. Here you see that according to Google and Overture, we had 138 clicks. According to my affiliate program, we had 167. Now, that's a differential of 21.01%. And that's critical. That's the kind of difference that can throw all of your numbers off. The key point here is that relying on inaccurate metrics can give you a very misleading picture of the performance of your site and adversely affect your future marketing decisions. I think it's reasonably obvious. And if you're you're waiting to get to the meat of this call, hang on, because I'm going to get to philosophy. But I need to I need to warn you first. We're going to we're going to talk about the metrics that matter in in just a few moments. Let's look first though at a second test uh, conducted for a separate partner. And in this test, listen, we really came close to making a significant change to a website uh, based on metrics that were inaccurate. It could have really cost a, a, uh, it could have cost a lot of money. We're using a third-party testing platform and relying on the data they provided. But due to an instrumentation error, that's back to the validity issues in our certification course, the figures we were looking for were, or we're looking at, were absolutely inaccurate. You can see the difference between the reported figures and the actual figures we compiled from these raw data files in this uh, chart we're going to drop in your notes right now. So refresh your page. And um, Michael or someone tell me, are those notes in there just yet? They'll be in there momentarily, fine. Okay. While we're waiting for the chart itself to be clear for you, um, let me just point out for you the difference. You're going to see the chart on the third-party reporting compared to the actual data. Now, normally I move through charts rather briskly because I don't want you to um, I don't want you to get caught on a particular piece of data and miss the, the essential lesson itself that we're trying to communicate. And um, also, I I I don't want to bore you with a long list of numbers, but this one's worth looking at, and uh, it'll be in your notes shortly. It's a little bit more complex the table that they're dropping in, and uh, but essentially, for instance. The, the third party reported on the price point we were testing 597 unique visits with 39 sales. But the actual sales were 19 as opposed to 39. Now we were testing three price points. And sad to say, into the test, we came up with a conclusion that seemed quite exciting. Um, it looked like we could help increase revenue on this research partner site with a price increase that did not substantially impact conversion. Indeed, it looked to us like his digital offering could yield somewhere between 40 and 60% more money per month with no additional marketing spend. That's serious. That's exciting. But we continued the test to try and detect if there were any differences. And uh, there were. And uh, what we discovered was um, a differential which we hadn't anticipated at all. How are we doing on that chart, Michael? Cliff's having some problems with it. It'll be up in like 30 seconds. Okay. All right. I have the HTML 
I have two men standing by to drop these keynotes, these files into your notes. You may wonder why we don't do them all at once. But what we found is that it's easier to move through and give you the data in the order and sequentially as we present it so that we can kind of keep everybody moving at the same page and, and from getting ahead of where we're going with the actual reports. Of course, when we send the report, we send the whole whole chart to you. But if you've not been on a clinic before, we use these clinics to improve the journal issue. When we're done all talking about these issues and when we're done fielding your questions, we we improve the final draft of the journal brief before we release it. I'll just give you a couple more numbers while they're working on that. Price point two reported 45 cells, but there were only eight when we got the actual data. The metrics program in price point three reported 40 cells when there were only four. Now, if you'll look in your notes, just hit your refresh button. You should see the table in there. And if you'll look at it carefully, you'll, you'll start to be able to make sense of what I'm talking about. There were two products, product A and product B. You'll see that in the left column. Just for the sake of clarity, look at uh, product A, which is the top left side of the chart, and you'll see unique visitors, reported sales, reported conversion. Just focus on sales for a moment, 39, 45, and 40. And you'll notice that's for price point one, price point two, and price point three. But if you'll move your eyes to the right, you'll see actual data. And under actual data, you'll notice that there were 19 actual sales, 8 and 4. You see what the difference is? Had we relied on the third-party metrics alone, we would have made marketing decisions based on data that was off as much as 900%. MEC, the research group, could have went back to our research partner and said, we've conducted our study, we think you should raise your price by this 40% or 60% and immediately experience the benefits, there should be no adverse effect at all to your current uh, conversion rate. But that would have been incorrect and our partner would have lost money. So to ensure you're seeing accurate metrics, let me give you some guidelines. And some of you, this, these, are, these will be important. Don't rely only on metrics from a pay-per-click engine or any other third-party provider. Always set up a backup web analytics solution to verify the data. Number two, choose an appropriate tracking solution based on your site technology. And if your cart resides in a different server, make sure you use a tracking program that can follow the link. That's very, very important. Number three, run and compare results from tracking solutions built on different technologies. For instance, compare your log file analyzer. Uh, with a JavaScript solution. Those are two completely different types of technologies and you can see or detect errors. Here's the thing, and this is this is so key, and, and you see it, I think it's in your notes right now, uh, but in spite of enormous advances in all areas of online technology, at this time, I have not found yet a single service product or solution that can be relied upon to give you totally reliable metrics. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to speak against, you know, the big providers out there. Many of them uh, are providing reasonably good products, etc. But I'm just telling you, thus far, MEC has never been able to say this complete solution is all you need to get the right metrics. Now, don't let that panic you because uh, we're going to simplify things before we get off this phone call. But 
you should be aware of that. Typically, we have to use a combination of tools in order to get the job done right. And more and more, we just keep building them. We have a growth engine that we've built for growing and testing everything. And uh, the surest thing we can do is build them. But some of you may not have the budgets to accomplish that. And so watch as we move through the call, and perhaps we can help you. The key to – this is Section 2 of, of, uh, of the report, the brief that we're uh, – looking at today and essentially the lecture. The key to identifying and tracking the most important metrics is to understand your own business model. Um, we're going to get into this now. We're going, to, we're going to talk to you about how these metrics work. This will be the most important theory in, in the in the uh, lecture, and from that we're going to get right into a tool that t- turns the theory into uh, something that you can apply, uh, as we say in academics to, into praxis. Web analytics reporting tools track report an increasing number of metrics. In fact, some services will give you a choice of a dozen or even a hundred or hundreds of different reports. The danger is you just can become overwhelmed by the sheer volume of data. Or still, you can base decisions on data that is not a true indicator of how well you're achieving your core objectives. What is important is to determine which metrics you really need in order to make smart marketing decisions. The key is not to be distracted by metrics that simply don't matter to your business. So we have some steps and uh, some formulas. And, Michael, you're going to be dropping these steps in one by one. How do you plan to put these in their notes? The steps will be dropped in step by step. Okay. We're going to move with step one right now. And... uh, Fairly soon, you can refresh your page and actually see this as we move through it. Also, uh, just in case I have any hesitant team members, Nick, feel free to jump in. I know that you personally were very involved in this report, and anyone else that thinks they might need to add some information, keep sending your questions. Um, We just received one from you, Jeff, on third-party data, and I'm going to get to that just a little bit later. And and so keep sending them, and we're, we're going to come to a point here where we'll start to answer these. All right, so step one, establish a baseline by calculating both the cost and yield of each desired action on your site. I've got to stop you for just a moment and say something that is a radical. It's, it's MEC's theory, uh, but it's proven to be very accurate. Most of us have all heard about value propositions, but most of us have not heard this. Every single action that is required by a visitor to your site has its own distinctive value proposition. If you've asked someone to give you an email address, there's an implied value proposition. Why should I give you my email address? And you are essentially trying to establish, uh, you're giving me a proposal. And the implied proposal is, if you give me your email address, I will give you X. Now, if we take that simple equation and put it on a math, uh, you know, and, and, and look at it in math, X has to be worth more to you than any than the email addresses or the privacy of your email address. If X is not, then you don't have a strong enough value proposition. Clearly, if we promised to send everybody $100 who gave us an email address, we'd get plenty of email addresses because X would be enough. And that's assuming people believe it us. On the other hand, I see people all day long on the Internet asking for email addresses and never giving me an equation, a value proposition that is... Uh, effective enough or forceful enough to make me want to yield up any of my time or my private address. 
Now, that's not just true in email addresses. It's true for every single action on your site. And calculating the cost and the yield for interaction on your site can be achieved very simply by answering the following questions. You can see them in your notes in front of you. Number one, how much does it cost to get a single desired interaction at your site? Now, there's an actual formula here. We call it CPX and YPX. And and I see in the notes where it says YPV, that should be YPX, uh, Michael. So just edit that. YPX is the yield per desired interaction, just as CPX is the cost per desired interaction. And essentially, the force of your business, the force of the value proposition, is measured by taking the Y per X and subtracting the C per X. Now, if I'm losing you, it's going to get easy in just a moment. It's really quite simple and something you already know intuitively. Essentially, how much does it cost per X? Whatever X is, that's the desired interaction. How much does it cost per visit? That's a very common one that you use. You pay per click to get someone to visit your site. So think visits now. Understand that you can also plug in for X subscriber, customer, sale. There's any number of key metrics that are important to your business that you can place where we have X in this formula. But the formula itself is expressed with CPX or YPX minus CPX equals the force of your value proposition. It also equals your profit, which some of you are already arriving at. So then, what is the cost and what is the value? And um, YPX minus CPX gives you a revenue figure for each visit to your site. Now, theoretically, and this is where you can actually get if you get your metrics right. I have been there. I have seen this. I have done this. We do it every month with research projects that we have undergoing. We actually can tell you that our precise cost per X, or say, let's take cost per visit, is 53 cents, and our precise yield per visit is $1.74, at which point we know that we're going to buy all the traffic in the world we can buy that would be less than $1.74. Indeed, when you can get it down to this science, and listen to me, you can. When you can get it down to that level, you are at a place where you are really starting to operate a business with that level of efficiency that approaches symmetry and beauty. In Greek, forgive again, I forgive. In Greek, there's a word called kalos. Uh, in Koine Greek, Hellenistic Greek, kalos is the identical word for good, and the identical it's the word for good in Greek, but it's also identical to the word for beauty. What you're after with numbers is this beauty, and the, and, and it comes symmetrically. It's mathematical, and you can get to that beauty when you can get this equation right. So. You have to calculate the cost per interaction you need, and to do that, you list all the different sources of your traffic, as each source will have different costs associated with it. They might include pay-per-click advertising, CPM advertising, paid directory listings, affiliate relationships, other partner relationships, search engine optimization, the publication of one or more newsletters, etc. But it's important to remember that although some sources of traffic may not appear to have a hard cost in terms of price per click or exposure, they will likely cost you in time spent by your staff or in fees from some supplier 
So this will certainly be the case for search engine optimization, for instance. Get that cost, and then you have to add that to two other primary costs. That's your that's your actual marketing cost. You're going to have to add that, and we have a spreadsheet that will do this for you. You have to add that to your, your, your essentially your operating cost and then your product cost, and suddenly divide that by the number of customers. And, and again, the spreadsheet will do it, and it will suddenly tell you, okay, we are spending $43 to get one customer if that's what it is, or we're spending 84 cents to get one visitor, if that's what it is. By the way, when you figure this out and you launch a new business, you literally in advance know what you, you – I, mean, I don't want to get too complex, but I'll go to the pay-per-click engines first and figure out what my product needs to cost by looking at what the prevailing costs are in the pay-per-click engines before I even price the product. Because if you can do that, you can establish a primary traffic advantage. That means – you know that you can actually buy all the available traffic in the search engines because you've got your product cost figured out in advance. If I know that it costs me, you know, that I am going to have to spend $4 a click to get traffic to my site, and I can factor the formula I'm going to lay out for you, and we're going to touch on this spreadsheet, I can go to the pay-per-click engine Figure that out. Go back and say, then I'm going to need to charge $114 for my product. And then I can come back and say, will people pay $114 for my project? And then I can do a competitive analysis and know what they'll pay for it. And if they'll pay $114, I just made a money printing machine. As long as factors don't change, we're going to print cash. I want to help you with this issue to think about your business this way because when you can think about it this way, you can break through all the fuzziness and the and the murkiness that comes with the average marketing campaign and know precisely what you should spend and why you should spend it and how to aggregate more profits. I see questions coming in. Just keep sending them. I'm going to talk to some of you in just a few moments about those. So, Step two is identify those metrics that are most likely to impact both the cost and the yield of your visitors. By the way, if, we're in, if, you're, if you're, some of you on this call, no doubt, are in our certification courses. Uh, we will teach you, essentially, when you're testing, how to test to improve the yield per visit or decrease the cost per visit. All Internet testing, when it comes to marketing, is a function of one of those two categories. It's so easy or much it's so much easier at least when you realize that all i want to do is i think of it like a seesaw i want to move one up and i want to move one down so stay stay with us as we talk about this a little more for instance if you track the source of traffic all the way through the sale you'll be able to identify the traffic sources that gave you the highest return on investment and look for ways to get more of the same quality of traffic you're going to realize okay uh, SEO is costing me 19 cents a click when you consider the fees divided by the traffic driven. Pay per click is costing me 84 cents a click. I need more SEO. The house list is only costing me 5 cents a click. I want to build a bigger house list and maximize the current house list because that is the most profitable sales that we receive. The exact metrics you focus on will vary according to your business, but a site selling hard goods may find their key metrics are different from a company selling subscriptions. And you need to know the difference. 
when you cut through all the confusion, refresh your page just so you can see these notes. You should be able to see it. So scroll down to the bottom of the second step. When you cut through all the confusion, there are really only four elements you can measure. Now we're getting to philosophy. The amount of activity on your site, that's page views, visitor sessions, returning visitors, etc. The source of the activity, that's refer, search terms, languages, countries, organizations. The nature of the activity, entry pages, exit pages, browsers, platforms, JavaScript versions, on and on it goes. In other words, what do they do when they get there? And the results of the activity. How did that activity produce a yield on this site? So amount, source, and nature. If you're Aristotelian, you can take results and drop it under nature and make it three categories, and you'll have, uh, you know, uh, some type of antiplatonic symmetry. But we can keep it at four right now, the amount, the source, the nature, and the results. That's really all that it comes down to. So here's some questions that help connect with that. You look in your charts. Uh, there's the questions. Who visited my site? From where did they come? What did they view? Did they have any trouble? What did they buy or sign up for? This is what I am building at MEC. We're doing this with our growth engine and all of our various research projects. Um, I just want someone to tell me every day, not, not every month, every day, three or four important things about every single research project or product line that I have responsibility for. And I want those to be the three or four things that matter the most. And and I'll tell you what I've done in the past and what I would advise you to do if you're afraid your metrics program is hard and you're not sure how to get it and you can't get a report program that will generate this for you. Forget a report that needs to be programmed. Get a basic, simple metrics program. If necessary, if you're in a big company and you can get clearance, get us get your own for the pages you're responsible for. It's not very expensive. Get the three or four things that are important, and if you have to, get an intern or an employee to do not, every single day to go sit down, go in the engine, get it up, put it in a spell spreadsheet, and prepare it and give it to you. I, I see this over and over again. I talk to managers who can't manage right because they can't measure right. People fail because they ask the wrong questions. People ask the wrong questions because they're looking at the wrong things. Get the right things in front of your nose every day, and you'll be a better manager. So think about that. And let's just move to Section 3, and in a moment Bob Kipper's going to help us. Section 3 is based on the third and final point, and that is use our essential metrics dashboard to understand where you've been, where you are now, and how to achieve your goals for the future. I love this. Uh, let me. Uh, this isn't very clear in the notes. And by the way, we're, we're waiting on a technology platform that we're going to use for these lectures. It's expensive, as you know. Uh, we don't charge for these, uh, these clinics, uh, and they're expensive for us to deliver. But we have been working on a technology that we're going to be working delivering here. It's not ours. Uh, we have a, we do have our own learning labs. But for this, when we get it right, we're going to be able to deliver and move in real time with you and show you notes and mark things on the screen and just uh, it'll be really, really. <laughs> I think it'll be helpful. 
we're close to offering that for you soon. And we won't charge. We still won't charge. If you look in your notes, though, hit your refresh button, you'll actually see a picture of a spreadsheet we're getting ready to look at, the tool that we've designed. Alex, are you on the phone? I know you're on the phone, so clear your mute and make sure you can say hi to me. Somebody from my team help Alex. Um, I think he's out on the main floor. Um, when uh, Alex gets on, I'm going to have Bob talk, but I want to introduce you to Alex in just a moment. Alex didn't know I was going to introduce you to him. And um, so he's probably a bit surprised, but we'll get him ready, and, and uh, I'll introduce him to you in just a second. Uh, perhaps surprisingly, the most valuable tool with which to track these metrics is not something you have to pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars for. First, use two or more reporting tools to gather the raw data. We're, I'm going to get really practical now. Probably when you first look at the spreadsheet, I'm going to scare you, but I'm going to show you how to make it easy. First, use two or more reporting tools to gather the raw data. That's very important. We talked about that. Once you have the raw figures, you can then use a simple Excel spreadsheet with which to track your performance. Download the tool. Right now, you should have it open. If you don't have it open, please go ahead and open that. We're going to be looking at it. What you'll see is we provided input examples to show you how it works. Now, as you're looking at the spreadsheet, this is this is kind of what I want to teach for the for five minutes. Bob, uh, I'm going to turn it over to you in just a moment. Uh, also, when Alex is ready, have somebody uh, signal me so I can get him on the get him on the on the call. You standing by, Alex? I'm going to get you in just a moment. I see him. Okay. Um, before and can he talk or is it lecture mode keeping it? Can you? He's on moderator. He's on moderator. Okay, good. He's shifted phones. He couldn't talk because he was he couldn't get over the lecture mode. Um, if you take that little formula that we just talked about, I want to do this in your mind. Imagine on the left side in the screen the the y per x number, and that's the yield per visit or yield. Let's just use visits because that makes it real simple for us right now. Your yield per visit. On the other side of the screen in your mind, see the cost per visit. Obviously, there's a big red minus sign, and you want to basically subtract the cost per visit from the yield per visit. Okay? All your key metrics are going to fall either on the left category or the right. Your key metrics are going to be either metrics about your cost or metrics about your yield. But they won't mean much unless you put them in context. And there's three things that bring them into context. These are the only three things I want to know right here at MEC when we're running tests with, say, Reuters Global E-Commerce Unit. I want to know past performance, I want to know current performance, and I want to know the objectives. I want to look at those metrics, and by the way, this is where all those big metrics programs have the hardest time, and it's not just their fault. It's pretty hard to make one program that suits everybody's needs. I want to know the numbers that are related to CPV, cost per visit, and yield per visit, I want to know two or three main numbers under those, and I want to know them in context. If I can get them in context, I can get my hands on them, and I can move the important parts of the business forward. So I want to know past performance, current performance, and I want to know goals. Now, if you look at the spreadsheet that you've got in front of you, Bob Kemper is going to explain it to you. But first of all, Alex, say hello to everybody. <laughs> what happened, Alex? Speak. <laughs> You're waving at me. It's Nick here. I, I, I don't see Alex on the. On the he, he's on. He's on Eric's line right now. 
if you'll forgive my unprofessionalism, he didn't know he's going to talk, but I have a reason for putting him on. Just give him your phone, Michael. I got guys all over the offices out here. Uh, our offices are on the beach, and they're all strewn all over the place on this on this conference line. And Alex is only, uh, I don't know how old you are. He's probably 17 or 18. Alex, can you hear now? Speak. Uh, can you hear me now? I can hear you. How old are you, Alex? Uh, I'm 18. Alex is 18. And Alex had a big contribution to the spreadsheet you're going to see right now. Um, he's in our apprenticeship program, and if you're interested in that, by the way, you should email us. We have a pretty neat apprenticeship program, and we're, we're going to be offering an MBA through the labs. Uh, Alex has actually been accepted into MIT. He's a mathematical genius. He just won the Florida State Calculus competitions. And uh, Alex, um, give us... Uh, two minutes and tell us what how what you did for the spreadsheet we're going to look at. Now, Bob's going to explain it to you. Bob built this, but he brought Alex in to, to uh, work on some of the math. And tell us what you did on it, Alex. Um, well, I worked on the uh, on the six-month history and, pro and projected values section of it uh, and used two different regressions to uh, kind of predict future performance. Um, it, it determines whether or not the data is relatively linear, and if it is, it used a linear regression to predict values, and otherwise it uses an exponential regression. Okay. Uh, those of you that uh, are online right now are probably relieved to know that Alex has worked all this out. <laughs> I am. Um, so you did a good job, Alex, and I'm grateful for it. And uh, Bob's going to talk to us now and tell us uh, how to simplify all of that, because that, that's all done behind the scenes. Go ahead, Bob. Thank you, Flynn. Um, again, uh, I'm doing a sound check. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, okay. you're clear. All right. Um, you'll notice that the uh, spreadsheet opens into the time series projection uh, worksheet. But what I'd like to do is, uh, and that's where we'll uh, that's where we'll end up. Um, but what I'd like to do is uh, take you through a couple of the other uh, worksheets first. Um, you can click over to the subscription sheet. Uh, there are three. The three next to the time series are subscription, retail, and services. And those are each intended to provide a starting point for you, depending upon what industry you're in, um, for the kinds of metrics um, that that you want to track. Um, once again, you will be the best um, once you've absorbed the information from this brief in particular um, to decide which metrics are the most appropriate for your particular business. Um, but these are um, intended to, to provide a starting point. You notice, uh, particularly in the retail and services uh, sheets, there are some blank um, lines in the uh, key submetrics table. Those are intended for uh, for your use. Um, so the place to begin uh, as you use this tool for your own business is to, um, depending upon what industry, uh, which of those three tabs is the closest to the industry that you're in and the important uh, metrics that, that you may want to track, um, begin there um, and enter um, the uh, the nomenclature or the um, the convention uh, in these is anything blue uh, is, uh, with a yellow background is something that you enter data in, into. It's something you, uh, that you're intended to, uh, it's an input field. Um, and then the black and any other color um, of font is um, are things that are computed for you by the tool. Um, in the metrics selection tab, uh, you'll notice uh, repeated there are some of the uh, key elements of this brief. Um, there are the, um, the four primary elements um, that you can measure, uh, and then the, um, the organizing questions um, around 
who visited my website, where did they come from, and the kinds of uh, metrics that are related to that. And those, uh, you know, once again, it's repeated here to help you in organizing your thoughts and deciding what to put um, into um, into one or more of the uh, of the other tabs based on your business. Um, as you uh, enter some of the data, I'm, I'm going to go back to the uh, um, start with the subscription tab, uh, subscription model. And um, on the subscription tab, you'll notice on, on each of them, we've got a total cost in dollars per month and total revenue in dollars per month. And that's that's the kind of thing that um, that normally uh, in your business that you would know. Um, those numbers are intended to be the entire cost of your business or if you're in a, in a larger uh, um, multi-divisional company, uh, those of the division you're in, um, you know, the, the smallest division related to the products uh, and the things that you're directly responsible for. Um, to, to help with that, um, that final tab on the far right, the essential metrics, um, once again, to, to kind of organize things, um, uh, in arriving at those, if you have an accounting department or a bookkeeper or accountant who can put those together, that's, uh, that's wonderful. Um, if, uh, if you need some assistance in, in organizing your thoughts, um, that last tab is intended to, to assist with can I break in there, Bob? Can I just break in there? Yeah. Some of you know your hard cost, and you don't need to go through this additional tab. Understand, if, if this seems a little confusing, bear in mind, you're only going to use one tab on this document, likely, other than looking at the metrics information that's been included that you don't do anything with in the metric selection. As for essential metrics, it would be wonderful to fill this out because this can help you figure out what your real cost per, per X is. Uh, but... But if you already know what your hard cost is, you can just manually plug the number in when you get to one of these actual illustrations. So I think Bob's saying that. I just want to keep you from being overwhelmed with, uh, you know, this. It's it's really very simple when you get down to it. And I think, Bob, you're getting ready to take them to an actual example. From yes, exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, and in actual use, um, you know, once again, all of the, uh, the tabs um, are, you will, in actual use, you will use one of the three, either subscription, retail, or services, uh, whichever is the most appropriate for your business. Uh, the metric selection and the essential metrics are there, are uh, optional and there to assist you, um, but, but certainly um, most of you will be capable of um, just using the two tabs, whichever of the three is closest to your business model, uh, for filling in those, uh, those metrics. And then um, once, once we've done those, uh, we'll click over to the far left tab. And this is the part that helps you in identifying um, how you uh, should be planning for your business and, uh, and what you might uh, expect uh, for the future. Um, if you go to the time series projection tab, I'm going to go to cell uh, C10 and just uh, bring you through. I've, I've put two examples uh, in there, two of the things that you may want to track. And once again, notice that uh, yellow with the blue um, all of those uh, cells are intended for data input. So once you have filled out the, um, the industry tab, you'll come over here and you will uh, take the data. Um, you, um, I've pre-populated average cost per order. That's something for, uh, for retail. Um, so just use retail as an example. Average cost per order is one of the things that I want to track. Average yield per order is something else that, uh, that I want to track. And you'll see metrics three, four, and five placeholders, and you'll just type those in. Um, then there's a six-month history where you'll enter uh, your historical data based upon your metrics tools and, uh, and accounting data. 
wherever you get uh, that information. Uh, you'll fill in T minus 6. Uh, T would be today. Uh, so today minus 6 would be, uh, would be uh, six months ago. Um, and I filled in, uh, you know, the number was $500 um, per order. Um, and then filling that out across to T minus 1, which was uh, the last full month that I have data on. Um, then I'm going to fill in in uh, cell uh, K10, I've got uh, uh, 375 dollars uh, per order is um, is what I will decide is my goal. I would like to get my cost per order at $375, so I'm, I'm filling that in as an input field. Um, I can read from uh, from J10, the gray one, that I've got a uh, an 18% uh, rate of Reduction aggregate over six months. So I've got a, a, an 18% reduction over the uh, the six months. Um, now we're going to move to the projected values. Um, I want to know now um, what, based upon that data, if nothing dramatic changes, what should I expect in the future? And here's where the uh, where the projections come in. Um, based upon uh, that six month history. Uh, I should expect um, at the end of this month, uh, T plus zero would be at the end of this month that I'm in, I uh, should expect my cost per order to be $385. Um, the, the subsequent month, 371 uh, and after that, 358 and so on. Um, and that's based upon, as, uh, as Alex pointed uh, out, uh, the tool does checks two different methods. It looks to see... Uh, if you're familiar with statistics, it looks for the correlation coefficient um, on a linear regression on a, uh, to see if it looks uh, pretty linear. Um, if the correlation coefficient is a, is a 0.9 or above, then uh, we're saying that uh, that is a threshold, um, then it is linear enough to use a linear regression model. Um, if it is less than 0.9, then, uh, then we switch over to a, uh, an exponential model. And... Um, uh, one of these curves um, is uh, uh, the average cost per order, in fact, um, is exponential. That's the magenta. If you go down to the key metrics uh, um, chart, see that it, it uh, appears to curve, and that one uses, that one has switched over to the, uh, the exponential because uh, it, was, uh, it was significantly nonlinear. And you'll see in the, uh, in the forecast months that actually you can see it curving a little bit uh, still. The, uh, the yellow, or the average yield per order, um, uh, past the threshold, and so that's a linear projection. So you can use this tool um, f for yourself. Uh, once again, you just uh, you fill in uh, which metric you want. You fill in the last six months' values um, and your goal, and the rest is uh, is computed for you uh, by the tool. Excellent, Bob. And so if you follow the gist of that, despite all the tabs and the charts, there's not a lot you have to do to make this tool work for you, and you can modify it also. And you can pass it on, but if you pass it on, just please leave our name intact with it. There's, there is some of our intellectual uh, assets behind this in the scenes in terms of uh, the calculations themselves and, the, and our approach to it. But um, we want to help you. We're trying to get tools in your hands that will do so. In fact, uh, I want to answer a couple of questions. Uh, Aaron Rosenthal, uh, can you hear my voice? Aaron just had a – go ahead, Aaron. You read that question and, and go ahead and explain that if you would. Sure. Glenn writes, uh, have you found a major discrepancy with Google and Yahoo conversion tracking? Glenn, to answer your question, uh, in uh, the early stages, yes, 
Um, and even even today we do. The reason for that is the way that they uh, they cookie or don't cookie individuals uh, can uh, can cause problems as uh, as far as making decisions based on those metrics. Um, they can understate some sales, and it's it's always good to have a third party tracking solution that can do no, nothing more than validate their statistics. So uh, I hope that answers uh, answers your question, Glenn. If you do, if it did not, please write us back. Uh, Flint, you have that. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, just write us back and we'll answer your question. And if you've got other questions about the spreadsheet tool, write them to us. And I'll tell you something else. This is not the final version of the sheet. This is a sheet you can already work with it, but you can you call this beta because what we'd like you to do is if you go to try to use it and you have questions, send us an email because we have a week or so before we release the final version with the final issue, uh, the brief that Marketing Experiments Journal will release. And we will rely on your feedback to make the sheet easier for you. So if you have thoughts or questions, fire them over to us, and we'll work on that. Uh, Jeff, I have thought through your question. Uh, I'm talking to Jeff Cohen. I'm not sure, I'm really not sure uh, I'm, that I understand it. Send us an email again with clarity, and I'll have someone privately answer that for you to make sure that, you know, we get your help. Uh, the other thing I'd like to ask you guys to do, would you take a moment to just fire us over an email right now with your thoughts on this uh, particular uh, clinic and the information that we're delivering to you is this helpful? I'd like to hear from you before the the many thousands of readers get the issue. I mean, your feedback will help us get the report that we finally issue better, and we would just want to learn too, so that we do a better job in 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 the next clinic. So, could you take a moment, tell us if this was clear, tell us if it was too simple or too complex, but have a little mercy for us there. I want to know, but I want to point out that it's very hard for us to deliver a lecture to an audience as varied as the one we have. Some of you are PhDs and and MBAs, and some of you are, uh, you know, relatively new to a lot of this. So we try to provide you the meat that we think is best, but that's why we need your feedback. And um, we'll keep working on that. Nick, are you on the line? Nick Osborne? Yes, I am. Uh, do you have any thoughts about anything that we've missed, and do you want to say anything about the clinic that's coming up next? Um, well, I think the what you've talked about and what Bob going through that tool is pretty comprehensive. I don't have much more to add to that, other than really just to reiterate what you said is, and, and, and that is, before you even get to the stage of using the spreadsheet, it, it is so easy to become drowned in too many irrelevant metrics. Uh, all the tools available there, the web analytics tools, they, they kind of compete in the marketplace by offering more and more. And the more you get flooded with, the harder it is to discipline your thinking and, and focus just on the few things that matter. So, so that's my comments on that. For, for In two weeks' time, our next clinic is actually um, more related to uh, offers, copywriting, it's related to design. It's specifically on the topic of frequency on offer pages, um, because we've in in the direct mail business, it's you know everything you receive is is you know reply by July the 23rd and receive this or get this bonus or whatever. Uh, we know it works in direct mail, and recently we've done a couple of separate research tests 
on how to apply the power of urgency online. And, and it, it's easy to assume that it works exactly the same way. In some ways, it, it, it does. Uh, but in others, you have to be very careful. There's, there's, there's issues of credibility um, and transparency online that, that don't seem to impact direct mail in the same way. So, so that's what we're exploring two weeks from today. So if anyone wants to log in for that, they simply have to go back to, back to our homepage, and by the end of the day today, it, it may already be there. Um, but certainly by the end of the day, you can go there and you can register for that clinic, which will be on the 5th of July, two weeks from today. Yes, uh, one thing about that clinic coming up that I think we have to try and address is many people, try to, when you decide that urgency is a factor and you've measured how important it is and actually part of your offer, how do you actually integrate urgency without lying? Because 80% of the urgency calls I read on the Internet are either either meaningless, you know, while supplies last, who believes that, or lies. This offer expires tonight at midnight. It's a JavaScript that rotates every day. Uh, it's a tough, tough issue. And, and, Nick, you know what I'd like to do? I'd love to invite all of you that are on the phone right now who have experimented with urgency to ship us over your thoughts or comments or, 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 or anecdotes or case histories because you may help us get this issue better. We'll certainly um, either protect your confidence uh, or, you know, protect your privacy or uh, give you credit. Either way, whatever's best for you. But uh, let's kind of work as a community to get a really good issue out uh, and a really good clinic on this issue of urgency. Certainly, we're running tests, but we know we can learn from you guys also. So thank you. I think we should uh, bring this to a close. I, I'll be standing by hoping, hopefully, to read uh, the emails that you send. I read every single – when you send us feedback on a clinic, I personally sit down with a notebook full of it and study it or with, the, you know, all the printouts. Uh, I don't just look at them online. I like to get them all printed and think about them. So send them over, and uh, we'll be grateful. Take care, and we'll see you again in two weeks.